first. I'll wait till the show starts. See, we're just having, you know, a normal conversation here, catching up a little bit before we start the show. This is the Mock Draft Special. This is very exciting. One of our favorite shows of the year, plus we have uh, another topic to get into before that. But even before that, um, Colin, what's going on with this Buffalo <clears throat> Wild Wings in Times Square? A lot is the answer. <laughs> um, it's it's shocking. There's I, I'm just like going through the reviews. Like, I don't know if it's the same as normal B-dubs because like it's in New York City. It's the only one. Um, I'm gonna hit you guys with uh, guess what day this review is from. Just throw out a day. Christmas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it says, uh, yeah, so they said, decided to have wings for Christmas dinner. We'd already had Christmas lunch. We waited ages for a table on Christmas. How many stars? Uh, one for (laughs) overall food, service, and ambiance. Um, and they got to their table and waited 20 minutes and the server couldn't take their order, but she was already really busy trying to service another table. Um, so they got up and left. Where do you go? Because they were at B-dubs on Christmas. Wow. Power move. Um, there's a bunch of people, like, if you're going to a Broadway show, don't go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Like, you, that's just... You are ruining the Broadway show. Like, like but Buffalo Wings is great. I have a lot of respect for Buffalo Wings. If you go, you don't understand the point of a Broadway show if you're going to Buffalo Wings beforehand. I'm sorry. Literally, go anywhere else. Uh, it's just a, it's it's a problem. Um, I just this is like the wings. The onion rings were too greasy. I think that that's the reason why people go to to Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, I, I dude, I don't know, man. This is uh, I wild. hate to I hate to pour fuel in the fire, here, Colin. But uh, any of my friends will back me up in this. I'm not a big Buffalo Wild Wings guy, honestly. Um, I feel like you can do a lot better. You find like a local spot or even a bar that has better wings that are better price i've had well, see, buffalo wild wings like i get it like i can get the same thing in new york or in like i don't know the middle of nowhere colorado but like i don't care i want like when i want wings i want good wings i don't want something frozen like some frozen chicken nuggets out of my freezer i don't know you can't i will say i i can understand where that where you're coming from because i like good wings from restaurants better than i like buffalo wild wings it's not particularly close i don't think you can beat buffalo wild wings on price, BOGO, number one. A BOGO, 10 bucks for, like, 20 wings is, like, you can't can't beat that. Like, that's just not going to happen. Um, and I think that the, the ambiance, like, the, the TVs and the sports games is just generally better than most other bars. Like, you can find some specialty sports bars that have better TV setups than Buffalo Wild Wings, but it's generally pretty difficult. But... That's where I'm at. Like I'm no, by no means am I like a huge like Buffalo Wild Wings has the best wings. So it's just like like wrong. Like it's not true. And probably worse than any above average wing at a restaurant is probably better. 
But and their Parmesan garlic sauce is fantastic. That's my other caveat. But but I do agree. But I I think that Buffalo Wild Wings, generally speaking, price and ambiance is it can be tough to beat. Disregarding the ambiance part of that, this is your exact same thing with Domino's, where it's it's cheap, still pretty yep. good, and pure yep. volume. It's the Vic Sushi thing too. It's the pure biggest volume. downside yeah. of the Buffalo this is Wild Wings. Dollar, this is, is dollar the pizza. Yeah, <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings has made me poop like literally no other food has ever made me poop in my life. It is horrible. <laughs> like. And I keep eating. I fully expect that once I eat Buffalo Wild Wings, like, I'm going to be, like, in severe. Like, I'm going to think I'm dying for the next five to six days. Five to six days? It's a lot of it's days. It's bad, dude. Buffalo Wild Wings. a lot of days. It's like eating glue. Oh it burns. <laughs> are, are we considering the fact that – well, you space them out at least because I know that usually, like, me, we got the BOGO a few times at school – like you would have some of it and then leave it for the next day and then we had more of it. Or is yes, that... but I've also just there are some days where I just crush thirty wings. That is that is something. Didn't you was there a story that you said didn't you do that in front of somebody recently that like didn't know your skills? Jackie's family? That yep, that's it. That was it. Yeah, yeah. we went to Bogo boneless with Jackie's family. They're like, You wanna go to Buffalo Owings for like Bogo? And I'm like You sure? I don't think they knew that that was like what I did every single day during every single Thursday during high school, I was at Buffalo Owings and like for the last year. Um, but they, we got there and they were like, how many wings should we order? And I was like, just like, it doesn't matter how many is fine. Just like whatever. And they're like, all right, we'll just get this many, this many, this many. Okay. And then I just crushed like 25 wings and they were each ate like eight. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I guess this wasn't the vibe. But like, dude, like, if you're not crushing 20 wings at B-dubs, like, you're not doing it right. Like, that's just, like, the minimum. 20 is, like, if I'm, like, just a little bit. It's like a snack. It's, like, a little bit hungry. 30 is aggressive. 30 is, like, I'm really full. Somewhere between, like, 22 and 26 is generally the right right amount of wings. So, going back to a few shows ago, talked about, so how many wings is a supplemental meal? How many wings is a snack? Yep. <laughs> So I would say like a snack is like two to five, and okay. then a supplemental meal is like seven to ten. Okay. We're learning a lot today about Buffalo Wild Wings, which is right in time for draft day. It's right. Like I was like, I don't, I don't think there's like there's a I like on Thursday first night of draft, Bogo Bomas like, and their fantasy drafts are elite. Like I don't, most bars don't have the same type of promotions that these guys do. Everybody else is lagging behind. Or maybe they're ahead, and that's why they make their rent payments. <laughs> that is true. The, the, the Times Square guys are $3 million behind in rent, so they might not even be. So apparently the, the guys in my office, they did a cornhole league at the Times Square beat-ups. Oh. That's apparently it was, a, it, was a, it was a mess. Apparently it was crazy. But it was like during football season, and they would just like ring a bell, and then there was like dollar fireball shots for like during the commercial break. So much going on. This sounds a lot different yeah. than like the random Long Island Buffalo Wild. I've been to Buffalo Wild Wings in Ohio. I went to one in Michigan, Colin. Um, it's sort of just the I'm in the middle of nowhere and don't know anything else type of food for me. But uh, yeah, 
I guess I fair. I think it's a reasonable. I think it's a reasonable opinion to have. I, I, I'm not. I'm not like a staunch defender of Buffalo Wild Wings, but I just like the Parmesan garlic is incredible. That's a great. But one of the best sauces ever made. Uh, and then the rest of it is just like it's cheap, and I fills me adequately. There you go, Colin Finn, somewhat defender of Buffalo Wild Wings and lover of aiolis. Yep. Side note, I saw a tweet that blew my mind a couple days ago. Name a more successful rebrand than mayonnaise as aioli. Think about it. Aioli sounds so, like, high class. It's just, it's mayo. Well, it's mayo and other things. It it is, but it's a mayo bait. They wouldn't, like, if you called it, like, chipotle mayo, it's like chipotle aioli sounds like, ooh. I just saw that. I yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it is a good rebrand. Like, we're just like mayo is just people always associate mayo with like bad things, but it's actually just one of the best condiments that exists. Right. It's a little, but it's, a, it's a, the taste by itself is a little, eh, but like especially when you combine it with other things it, and you cook with it and stuff, it's unparalleled. Mayo like on a burger with like some ketchup mixed, great. But I must admit, I was at, was uh, <clears throat> with Rachel at a French restaurant. And French people love mayo. And it was a little dark, so I didn't realize. And I thought it was like, I don't know, honey mustard or something. I was dipping fries in it for a good five minutes before I realized what it was. It is actually tasty, but disgusting to dip stuff in. That's why I get it rebranded as aioli. Aioli sounds great. Yes. Um, I also had to look up how to spell aioli. So oh, I, spelled, I spelled it wrong three times, it's just typing a, it out a, right now. It's a great, great wordle word. That is a great wordle word. I never thought of that. I'm going to do that tomorrow morning. First word, aioli. Yes. Mm. I'm not a Wordle guy, but I just need to tell the people that I played Wordle, wins above replacement, dull. Like oh, it's great. Version. I played it for like, I don't know, a week and a half, and I got it on the second try because my first guess was always Jacob DeGrom, and then it was the Mets, and it was a player who hits righty, hits lefty, throws righty, Jeff McNeil, obviously. Um, so I retired after that because I just will never beat that. Yes, and we will note to the loyal listeners that Sean is no longer in here as Colin Gillespie. He's in here as Buck Showalter now, showing it, showing a passing of the guard. Yeah, um, I guess, Finn, this is a perfect segue. Um, I saw Colin Gillespie. I was like, ah, Jay Wright. Oof. Fresh yeah. wound. Um, it's been five days now, Finn. Now, uh, to break it down for the people, Colin and I, when we saw the announcement, we're at Pig Beach in Brooklyn at a brisket cook-off. Um, oh, that's right. So my phone started blowing up, and I thought it was work, and I just got to Brooklyn to try brisket and, like, beers and whiskey and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, like, I'm just not going to check. Like, I'd, I'll i be back in an hour and a half, like, whatever. And then Jack calls me, and I'm like, okay, like, this isn't good. Like, maybe he's locked out. I should look. And then he's like, do you see the news? I'm like, no. And granted, I broke the James Harden trade news to him. I called him, and I guess he got me back here. Um, and then, yeah, after that, Colin and I, uh, we celebrated Jay's, Jay's great successful career. Um, luckily, we had Jackie there to watch over us. And, uh, yeah, it was just uh, not the night we were expecting to have. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. 
like when people say out of left field, this is out of left field. Um, especially when you consider guys like Roy Williams, Coach K, who retired in the last two years, are 10 years older than him. Uh, Coach K is 13 years older. And Jay Wright, coming off a of Final Four, strong recruiting class, would probably be regarded – like, honestly, Bill Self won this year. So behind Bill Self, he'd probably be the best, like, coach on paper in college basketball. And I think a lot of people think he's better than Bill Self, too. I, yeah. Honestly. Yeah, I, I was I just being like, super, super conservative sure. there. But, sure. great, like, you're already in the Hall of Fame. You have a great team and just – I don't know. I, I sort of respect the move to be like, you know what? If I can't give it my all, I'm not going to give it anything. Um, but yeah, absolutely devastating blow. But uh, I'm optimistic that Jay, we can debate this in a minute after you guys give your opening remarks here, but I'm optimistic that Jay built a program, not just like was a coach for 21 years. Yeah, you, you summed up everything pretty well there. I mean, like we just said, it's completely shocking. My uh, news-breaking experience, I guess here I was walking out of work, just opened my phone, like, oh, let me check stuff before I get in the car. And it's like, oh, well, now my day's fucked up. <laughs> so uh, they had a fun drive home after that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just what what more can you ask for? for and I know, I know Sean's been a fan for a very, very long time, but for the five years now that I've really been a fan of Villanova basketball, what this man has been able to build combination of taking players, you know, like your Ryan Archidiak, you know, keep them through the program for four years and have them be, you know, decorated all conference players. And in recent years getting more, I mean, they haven't really delved into the one and done lane, but there's been a lot of two and dones they've had recently kind of taking all of that. Robinson Earl. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Spellman too, if you want to throw him in there, that blend and fielding a competitive team pretty much every year of his ten, at least in the the 2010s till now, is um nothing but astonishing. He's not going away completely, and I don't know what his specific title is now, but he'll he'll still be around the program somewhat. And uh, I I guess I'll wait to say what I want to say next. We'll give Colin his opening remarks first. We're making it sound like a funeral here with the opening remarks, but it sort of is. But <laughs> it's a damn shame, boys. Um, I got to know what else to say about it. I got really drunk after after I heard. Um, I was going to say, Finn, I just it's... sent the pictures of Colin and I at Pig Beach. Oh, let's go. Oh, I love it. That's great. Yeah, it was. I was pretty depressed. Still am. Um, yeah, I don't really. I mean, I hope that. We just like we have a good program now, and we come out like still strong, and Neptune's great, and everything works out. But if it doesn't, like I wouldn't be like it's hard to lose a coach like that, obviously. So, uh, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm appreciative for what he's done. I'm glad that we got to go to New Orleans. Fuck everyone who didn't go, you losers. Hey. Um, <laughs> Um, but I guess we just cared about Jay Wright more than you. I guess that's what it was. But uh, I guess um, so. Yeah, I I, there's like I hope I really hope he just retires or goes to broadcasting or like stays like an advisor. I hope he doesn't. I don't think he will. But if he could go to the NBA or something, that would be like really depressing. Like, dude, come on, dude. If he can't give his college coaching his all, like. The thing about the Lakers job being open, what? 
That's just... Did you see his quote? Did you see his quote? No, I didn't it? see it. What was it? He, he was saying it was. Uh, he was just like I mean, obviously, like I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen. But like it, this quote made me be like, oh, that was not like a flat out rejection. Yeah, he said, I know I made the right decision because I don't think next year I'd be able to do the things to keep this program at a high level. But I'm going to take this year to really throw myself in this position of Villanova and then see what's out there. I don't. I just didn't want to be the coach of Villanova and not. I didn't want to be the coach of Villanova and not be 100 percent in. And he continued to say how great the experience was coaching coaching USA basketball and how um, he loved coaching those guys and it sort of scratched that itch for him. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be really mad if Jay's like a 15 year career in the NBA and it's not with the Knicks. Um, also, like you just don't, yeah, what do you, yeah, you just don't need to do that. Like I, I don't know. Um, so we're rooting for the, the Sixers one, the, now because yeah. if the Sixers blow a three zero lead, they are 100 percent firing Doc Rivers and Jay Wright's going to be the number one candidate. So go Sixers. Yeah, apparently they <laughs> guys in ESPN asked him about coaching NBA, and the the part of it that made me like, uh oh, is like what you said. Right now, I definitely need a break, but. Right now, I'm looking forward to especially Villanova, but honestly, down the road, I'd be lying. I don't know what it's going to feel like. That is honest. Which that kind of that kind of sounded like what Tom Brady said. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, dude. Um. Yeah, we'll see, dude. I really hope, like, it just like he peters, he goes and hangs out in your, in uh, his, his studio shore house, but yeah, we will see. But whatever, either way. Thank you for going on, Voce. Yeah, I, going off a comment Finn said, and I guess Tyler Ty Collin uh, just went through there. Like, I've been watching Villanova basketball since I was in diapers, and it's really, like, impressive to me that, like, I've had a team that there's been one constant figure the entire time. Like, I, I can't think – probably Finn, you and Tom Brady is probably the only other example in sports that I can honestly think of. Um, unless you're like a, a Duke fan, uh, honestly, I think that's probably it. Um, but just having a guy who led a program to like such high heights and after the 2009 final four run, they were not good for two or three years. And Jay was able to pull it together and just turn them into an absolute perennial powerhouse. And the next two or three years can be really crucial. Um, I'm confident that Jay built the program. And that the program will be able to like withstand him leaving. And I do really like that he's leaving on good terms. Like it's not like OJ was mad at Father Peter. It was Jay just doesn't want to coach 365 days a year. But the next couple of years will be really important because if Villanova is able to continue to produce, continue to play the same type of basketball, shoot a lot of threes, play good defense, hustle after every loose ball, and keep that same sort of Villanova basketball attitude, they'll be fine. But if they have a rocky start here and things start to go off the rails, I am really concerned. Um, but that being said, I think the core coming back from last year is strong enough. Good sign that Armstrong and Whitmore are already committed to come back. We'll see about Housen in a couple of days because he visited campus yesterday. But you sort of went from going like, okay, like we're going to be really good again next year uh, to wait, like I don't want to become Georgetown. Like, they were really, really good, and then all of a sudden they're relevant, or Syracuse, or Louisville, or Notre Dame, like any of these programs. Um, but I'm optimistic. 
I, I do like Kyle Neptune a lot, and there's got to replace him. And that would be my go-to. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not not feeling great about the fact that Jay Wright is gone out of nowhere, but there's a number of things that make me feel a lot better about this transition here. Number one is that they announced the retirement at the same time they um, hired Kyle Neptune. They had a plan in place. They knew what they were going to do here. If they were going on some like long coaching search right now, that would be really, really bad. So I'm glad that they answered both questions at the same exact time, ready to go. And then as Sean just said, uh, Armstrong and Whitmore recommitting or whatever you want to call it is a huge, huge sign because, I mean, they don't have any other commits in later years, I believe, unless I'm forgetting somebody. But if those guys left, stuff could have fallen off the rails pretty quickly. Slater announced that he's coming back already. I don't know if they're going to be, you know, world beaters or anything like that next year, but I think they still have enough to field a solid team, keep the momentum going with Kyle Neptune, who is allegedly a very good recruiter. I, I feel like they say that about every coach that gets hired, but I'm just going to choose to believe that he's some god at recruiting. And, um, yeah, so there's a lot of things that put me at ease there. Do we have, do we have any other thoughts? I think you guys, I think we've kind of covered it. I don't, I don't really have anything to add necessarily. Yeah, I think we've we've hit all the points. Uh, just still pretty shocking, but like Colin said in the beginning, it's it is it sad? Yes. Does this really suck? It does. But at the same time, you step back and realize that, like, he was the AP coach of the decade, won two national titles, four Final Fours. That's a ridiculous run. And uh, I'm confident that the attitude he has instilled in this program will uh, continue to last for generations to come. Go Cats! Oh wait, no, I can't say that. Won the show? No, no, no. I was gonna, I was gonna make you say it there, regardless. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I'll, I'll give him more. I'll give him more affirmative. Go Cats! Instead of like a eh, go Cats. <clears throat> and with that, it's time for the 2022. NFL mock draft special, not the same as in years past. You know, we're in different places now. It's no longer a situation where Colin will come into my room when we're at Arch and ask me to watch a highlight tape of some fifth round wide receiver with him. I fucking love to doing that. But now awesome. we're here and there's a lot of questions. So some initial storylines here before we get into our picks. Uh, I think the number one story in the draft is where do these QBs go? Does anybody want these QBs? There's a pretty clear cut top five here, but a number of questions about each of them. I'm sure we'll get into them as our mock drafts go on here. Another big story coming up. Number one is still in the air. I mean, I think the last time number one was still up in the air was probably 2018 Baker Mayfield at this point, a couple days before the draft. Um, it's between, I would say, probably two guys at this point, Trayvon Walker out of Georgia and Aiden Hutchinson out of Michigan, both edge rushers. They could go a different direction. We'll see. And then um, there's some high-profile picks right here. Three of the top seven picks are held by teams that we are fans of on this podcast. So that's very exciting for us here, getting some elite talent. And then also, like – I. 
I'm sure there's been some comparable thing that I'm just not remembering, but eight teams have multiple first-round picks this year. That is crazy high. So we'll see if any teams double up on positions, maybe make some moves to trade up, trade for next year's picks, or maybe a guy like Debo Samuel gets moved on draft night. A lot of options here. Do you guys have any other storylines before we get into our, our picks here? Um, I think it pretty much covers it for me, Finn. And I guess, yeah, this is the type of year, t- time of year when you're excited when you have a bad team. Uh, the rest of the year, not so much, but we do have a lot of top picks between our, our three dysfunctional squads here. It's going to be an interesting year, dude. This is, a weird, this is a weird draft. I think this is a draft where we're not going to – the top five is going to be uh, – especially it's going to be very different. Yes, it is. So I think we're going to do the, the same format we did here last year, if I remember correctly, where we're all going to make picks here. In the first round, we're going to kind of compare, have some comments, maybe think about some trades that might be happening here. We shall see. Are we ready to start it off at at number one overall here in Jacksonville for the second year in a row? I believe so. I I flip-flop back on this one quite a few times. I I named the two players that are mainly in contention for this number one pick here. By the way, I think we're going to – all in agreement. We're trying to predict what the teams are going to do here, or are we going to pick who we would pick, or a little bit of both? I think I think we're going to pick. Or I think we'll try and think what the teams would pick. Yeah, cool. I'm good with that. Trayvon Walker is the betting favorite now. That changed recently, but no matter how many times on my car ride home today, I was flipping back and forth in my head. I, I just can't see them doing it. I, I think it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. The Jaguars are not known to do things in a safe manner, but he is the safer pick out of those two. Trayvon Walker is a great player, but the sack production wasn't there at Georgia, and it's just way too big of a risk to take at number one overall when you're Jacksonville. You had that disastrous Urban Meyer season. I, I think you got to go Hutchinson. I think they're going to go Trayvon Walker. Ooh, okay. Um, I think they're going to fall in love with him athletically. I think that Trent Baalke's stupid. <laughs> I, I have no faith in that franchise. I could also see Ekwonu. Um, he's a monster. I like that. Yeah, I think that would be fine. Like, I, but yeah, I don't know, dude. I really think he's going to go Trayvon Walker. Amazing if I next year. It's definitely not wishful thinking on me. I'm I'm with you, Finn. I think they stick with Hutchinson. Um, I sort of feel like they're blowing smoke. Like I don't know. You sort of indicate interest. See what other teams are thinking. But I think Hutchinson's probably a little bit of a better player and a better fit uh, in this case. But I think Walker's also a great player. Yeah, I feel like it, it's like at a certain point too, and especially now here on April 26th, two days before the draft, like. Every buzzword is said about every prospect. You hear the word report a million times. As we said on past shows, you throw out the word smokescreen whenever you hear something you don't like. Trayvon Walker is a really, really good prospect. It's just the reach from like picking him maybe 10th overall to number one overall is a pretty big leap to make. And I think that's every 
football person that I, I follow on Twitter pretty much has said that like, yeah, he's a good player, but like number one is, is really pushing it there. But moving in here to number two overall, this is really interesting. Talked about it a little bit on the show, talked about it a little bit off the show. What are the Lions going to do, Colin? I mean, if if Hutchinson's there, you you sprint to the ball. Yeah. And take oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, if they don't do that, I will not be happy. If Hutchinson's gone, it becomes a really big question because a lot of people would go Thibodeau. I probably wouldn't go Thibodeau. I'd. I don't know. I would rather probably go a different direction, um, which means I, – I mean, personally, I think I would go Malik Willis. Um, I don't really like any of the options, honestly, but I, I would be fine. Like, basically, if you're if, – honestly, if I'm at number two, I could see any of, like, Malik Willis. I would be fine with any – like my my tier of guys would be like Malik Willis and Kyle Hamilton would be my my two guys I would want them to pick, and then it would be like Drake London, um, and uh wait who was I just thinking of Drake London and I don't know someone else basically Drake London is is in that next year and then like I don't know dude like I I really just don't care about after that like I there, there's so many guys that are so close it's like whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a million options here that Troy can do. This is, I guess, I mean, you can call him number one the first swing point of the draft, but we know they're going edge, so it's not really that crazy here. Detroit could go so many different directions here, and uh, I know you expressed your concerns here, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. I do have Kayvon Thibodeau here. I know that there's the kind of Character concerns, the passion, does he love football concerns? But any time that I watch this guy play, he's just unbelievable. Athletic freak coming off the edge. Had the production was there. High, highly touted player coming out of high school. Delivered on that at Oregon. I think the criticisms of him, you know, not loving football. I know he said some weird things in interviews, but he's still a kid, like 21, 22 years old. Um, I, I think he can fit in well there with Detroit, who now has some, some juice on pass rush there with the Aquaras and, uh, and Thibodeau there now. Yeah, it's tough, dude. I don't know because, like, there's been so many different conflicting reports. Right? The Lions love Thibodeau. They hate, they hate Thibodeau. It's all this stuff. Uh, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if if Campbell – because, that, like, that report – like, I'm not really – my really concern wouldn't be, like, the Thibodeau loving football. I think that's probably a little ridiculous, but I do – from the vibe he's given me, he has given me a, a different feeling than guys like Alan McNeil or guys like Levi Umazirki or guys like Penny Sewell, where it seems like they're just like, or DJ Shark, guys who are just like fully about the team and the culture. He does, he, he has, which like obviously a lot of guys in the NFL and a lot of pro athletes in general operate on a sort of like, I'm a, I'm sick kind of a basis because like they are sick and that's how you become a pro athlete is by having some of that swagger. But I don't know, dude, I, it seemed like that just like to me that they're the way that they've been, the guys they've been acquiring and, and it just 
there seems like I don't know. There's something. There's something off there. Something. There's some kind of feeling I get, man. Where like just I don't know. He might be more of a. There, there might not be as much team, team love there as as maybe there should or you hope there would be. I think Sauce Gardner's not a bad option either. A Detroit guy who seems to be a stud. I like Sauce Gardner a lot. Stay tuned on that. Sean, where are we going? <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. You guys pretty much hit every point here, but Finn, you said Sauce. The man is the best name in any draft I've seen by far. Um, if we were doing a names top five, he'd be in there. I mean, come on. They had Sauce Gardner, and they also had a DB named Kobe Bryant. It's incredible. Cincinnati's defense. That is pretty good. Yeah. Who did you pick, Sean? Did I, did I miss that? Oh. Um, we'll go Walker there because I went Hutchinson. Walker. One. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. I honestly, I honestly haven't heard a bunch about Trayvon Walker to Detroit, but like, yeah, if the Jags pick Hutchinson and they're thinking of picking Thibodeau, they very well could pick Walker too. Um, I think you just go for the production in Thibodeau there over Walker. Number three, a team, according to the PFF mock draft simulator, that needs every position, the Houston Texans. <laughs> a lot going on here. Pretty much could pick any player on the board. And I don't know if, uh, Sean, you want to kick it off here? Sure. Uh, they go a lot of different directions. Their franchise tour is a mess. Um, I'm going to start out with three edge rushers in a row. I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, I want to see him follow the Jets to the Giants. However, I think he's really just good talent, and I think they have a lot bigger problems in offensive tackle at this point. That is that is a fair play right there. Um, I'm going to go a different direction. I thought about going back-to-back-to-back to back to back edge. Really consider picking Trayvon Wonka here. However, I'm going to go tackle. Maybe not the one you're expecting, though, because there's been this could be, you know, throw out your word, report, smokescreen here, whatever it may be. There's some medical concerns with Evan Neal that I did not know about. Apparently some teams have flagged him for that. I'm not saying he's going to fall super far here, but I think if you're looking at a tiebreaker here for which of these elite tackles you want at number three, I'm going to go Iki Ikwanu out of North Carolina State and say, I know you already have Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. Titus Howard, who's okay at right tackle, you can still plug Ikwonu in at guard and then maybe kick him out to tackle once Howard moves on. I, I think that's a great versatile pick. He's a dog. Gotta love a lineman there. Um, protect Davis Mills? Question mark. Who knows? To be honest. <laughs> Wait, what do we say about Davis Mills? No, I, I was just saying, like you know how like. Last year it was, oh, the Bengals should pick a tackle, project, protect Joe Burrow. The question mark was there more towards, is Davis Mills their quarterback of the future? Not towards, does Davis Mills deserve to be protected? Of course he deserves to be protected. Every Davis Mills deserves, deserves Davis Mills deserves, deserves to be drafted with a third pick in the draft. No, not <laughs> Hey, dude, I mean, Davis Mills was pretty damn was. good last year relative to his draft stock and relative to the way ever, all the other rookies performed. That's true. Would you take Davis Mills or Zach Wilson right now? Uh, still give me Zach Wilson. Situation is very key Bad. there. 
Yeah. Braxton's good though. Yeah, dude, it's a, it's an interesting interesting thought process. I think I'm gonna go with the wild card. There's been a couple reports about this recently. It seems like something that I could I could imagine that happening. Um, uh, I'm gonna go Derek Stingley. Yeah, I like it. Uh, law guy who a lot of people thought was gonna be the number, him and Thibodeau were gonna be the number one guys. Like this is the guy that four years ago in Madden when you got like the uploadable draft classes, like Thibodeau <laughs> and Stingley were like one and two. Um, he obviously had a little bit of decline after that unbelievable freshman season, but he's a he's a good he's a good player, super athletic, freak athlete, long, everything you want in a corner, prototypical shutdown guy. So I could I think I'm going to go Stingley here. Yep, that that's one that's been gaining gaining a bit of steam lately, and uh, you're right on the nose there with that uh, downloadable. Uh, roster there for the draft, singly and Thibodeau, one and two, always there. Moving on to pick number four, the New York Jets, the first of their two first-round picks here in the top ten. Um, I mentioned it a couple picks ago. Sauce. This is sauce time. Sauce Gardner, fantastic. Long corner, fits perfectly in that scheme there in New York. He is a difference maker. I, I think that's a Almost a no-brainer pick for them. That might be a hot take. Yeah, I, I think Sauce Gardner um, is the move here as well, Fan. Can you just have Sauce in the back of the jersey? It's just so much cooler. How did we not look up how the where the nickname origin came from? We did this for so many other guys. I'm going to do that right now while Colin's making this pick. The amount of people I told about Puff Johnson and Leaky Black <laughs> and told to listen to our podcast in the past month and a half, it's just a lot. Oh my god, it's ama- it's amazing. Sorry, Colin. Jets. No, you're good. No, no, no go go ahead. I'll I'll say it afterwards. I think I'm gonna go cave on Thibodeau here. Alright. Uh I know there might be a slide, but uh I don't know. I think uh I think the Jets might might fall in love with them here. Yeah, entirely reasonable here. I, I think Thibodeau still sticks in the top 10 somewhere, even if he has a, a mini slide to the, the bottom half of that top 10. Um, yep, sorry that I entered. I, I just audibly said it out because I, I just read the reasoning for the sauce nickname. So it came from a youth coach at age six, and it was originally a longer name, A1 Sauce Sweet Feet. Apparently, he also needed to lay off sauces when he was eating in order to properly gain weight. Most notably, his affinity for Wendy's included heaping helpings of the chain's creamy sriracha sauce. So he's a man that just loves sauce, and he's got sweet feet. Come on. Top five pick material, if I've ever seen it right there. I, I absolutely love it, I'm, I'm sticking with you here. Sauce Gardner. Um... Great guy, great name. Really can't beat it. You need someone to guard Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs in this division. I'm sure the Patriots will pull someone out of the weeds. Uh, yeah, that's the pick. Sauce Island. Sauce Island. Island sauce. Sean, it's your time. Yeah. Um, 
I don't have Iggy Guano off my board yet, so I'm going to go with him. Um, same uh, sort of logic is here here for you, Finn. Uh, we need to tackle badly. Barkley's been atrocious. Sort his last run on it. Daniel Jones also not been good. Need to protect him. Uh, let's get a good offensive tackle here and uh, really see what we can do. Yep, that's a that's a very good pick there. And uh, similarly, I, I know I just flagged Evan Neal's medical issues, but I, I don't think he slides far at all. I don't even know if you can call still going in the top five a slide. Um, everybody saw that picture of him at the combine, the slimmest three hundred and thirty seven pound man on the planet. He's a monster. As long as he stays healthy, you have a great tackle right there. I'm gonna go Evan Neal also. Evan Neal. Um, same thing, as you said, Finn. The guy's pretty polished, pretty good pass blocker. Uh, I could see Ekwonu too, but see, I think they're gonna they're gonna have a little more emphasis in the passing game this year. You might want someone a little more polished to step in right away. Yeah, can't argue with that right there. Now this one, oh boy, Carolina Panthers don't have another pick until it might honestly be until day three until they have another pick. Big, big year for Matt Rule and co. If they don't perform this year, he might be out the door. What are they doing? Um, nothing good. Uh, <laughs> they're sort of in the uh, category as the rest of the dysfunctional teams we root for here. I don't have Ed Vanille off the board yet. Uh, same logic as the Giants. Sam Darnold... Like, you need to see him develop or not develop. And Christian McCaffrey's great. Get yourself a guy on the line who can really be an asset for you in uh, Evan Neal. I'm going to go Kenny Pickett. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't I – don't, this would be a rule pick. I think he needs a guy to step in right now because Darnold is really bad. Uh, I think that's going to be Kenny Pickett, most pro-ready guy in the draft at QB. I wouldn't take him. I don't think I, I – it's tough because obviously I don't think he's as good as some of the top guys. I think he would be the sixth best guy. No, maybe fifth best guy last year. Like, I don't, Put it this way. He's not nearly as good as the guys we've seen top of the draft and quarterback in other years. But like that doesn't mean – like the Panthers need a quarterback badly. And if Pickett can win you six or seven games, keep Matt Rule's job, I think they take him. That that that's entirely sound reasoning right there. The only issue with that is that the Panthers' offensive line is an absolute nightmare. It's it's going to be really hard for any rookie or any any quarterback who steps in there to perform at a high level enough to save Matt Rule's job. So the the Kenny Pickett possibility is absolutely there. And honestly, the Panthers, looking at the way that my board has um, shook out so far, they're pissed off because both the tackles are gone. It's a little bit early for a quarterback. I mean, they still could pick Kenny Pickett right here. You don't pick again until day three. Um, It might be a little bit of a reach, but I think you have to go Charles Cross or one of the tackles here. I'm going to go Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. I think there's a pretty – evident tier gap between Iki Ikwonu, Evan Neal, and then Charles Cross, but 
I think there's even a tier gap maybe after Charles Cross to that next set of tackles there. So you get your tackle while you can. You trade for Baker or Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe you win enough games to save your job, Matt Rule, or maybe your ownership is understanding that you have a shitty roster and not much to do with it. So that that's where I'm going at six. Sean, time again. Yeah. Um, hopefully uh, we hit on one of these picks. Finn, I have an affinity for Notre Dame yeah. safeties and corners. We're going Kyle Hamilton. Nice. Um, I, I love the pick. We really, really have been missing like that lockdown safety since Landon Collins been gone, or since we left, let him go, whatever. Um, I just like the fit. Um, we'll see how it works out. And, uh, yeah, the Julian Love chemistry will be off the charts, and maybe I'll play off with them. No, probably not, but – I do really think the Giants should go one lineman here and then one either edge rusher or safety. Those are really the biggest positions in need, I think, at this point. Yes, yeah, so a lineman and edge and a lineman and an edge rusher would work out for you here. Yeah, I uh <clears throat> I like it. That's what I'm yeah, I'm I- gonna aim for here. I- How's Evan Neal and Trayvon Walker sound for it? Yeah, he's still on my board. This is the Trayvon Walker spot right here. Head director out of Georgia. Yep. I like both because, honestly, looking at the other teams on the board here, it's all a win. Like, the the draft's sort of a crapshoot in the fact that you're not really sure who's going to pan out. And I think this draft is really, really deep in the areas the Giants need help. It is. Yeah, much more comfortable taking Walker – at seven, it's still a it's still a risk. It's still a swing. I mean, any draft pick is a risk, but with with Walker, the concerns about production there at Georgia. But this is the spot where you take a take a chance on that upside. I, th- I think that could work out well. Yeah, I uh, I don't have Sauce Gardner off my board, so yeah. I, think I I would have him going here to the Giants. A lockdown man coverage guy. Makes sense there. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons, fresh off of trading Matt Ryan, maybe the worst roster in the league. Another team that needs pretty much everything here, maybe except for tight end. This is a pick that I saw in a mock draft a couple weeks ago. I was a little confused at first, but I I think actually now it's gaining quite a bit of steam, but I absolutely love it. It makes sense for a ton of reasons. Give me Jamison Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama. The Falcons know they're going to suck this year. You don't need a guy to come in and have immediate production. Of course, Williams is coming off of that torn ACL. You could opt for a guy like Garrett Wilson, who's also fantastic, but I think the big, big play upside and, most importantly, the speed of Jamison Williams sets him apart here, and it helps you suck a little bit more this year so you can get a Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud next year. I love this pick. I'm going wide receiver here too, Finn, but I don't have Drake London off my board, so we'll roll with him. Drake London, the basketball player. He murdered Notre Dame. Yeah. Although, I did see, I'm go- I did yeah. see on my screen, Colin, before you go, uh, Colin's favorite, one of Colin's favorite names, oh, I can't even say his name, Olimide Zacchaeus yes. popped up on my screen. Olimide Zacchaeus, baby. Guy's a stud. Number one receiver. One of Colin's guys. Beast. Um, so, 
This is a tough one. I think I could see him going a lot of different directions. Um, but I'm going to go Garrett Wilson. I think he's uh, – it's it's between him and London. It depends on what you need. But I think that Wilson's going to be attractive to them. Yeah, no arguments about either of those other two picks right there. I think wide receiver makes a ton of sense for them at eight. Just what kind of wide receiver are you looking for, and do you need him to be in the field right away? Number nine, Seahawks acquired this pick in the Russell Wilson trade here. They also could go a number of different directions here with this pick. What are we thinking? Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with the same logic of you're not gonna be Finn's logic from before. You're not gonna be good. Get a wide receiver, and then you can build around him later. Uh, I'll go Garrett, Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. Um, yeah, not really a ton of logic here. Just good I fire. like him a little bit better than Jameson Williams, and I already picked two other wide receivers off my board. I think they're gonna do it, guys. Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty. I know it's a little bit weird. They're entering kind of a rebuild here, but I thought by now they would have traded for maybe one of those veteran quarterback options. But I mean, maybe not an in-division trade for Jimmy G. Maybe they still end up trading for Baker Mayfield. But I think that lack of interest on that front indicates that Pete Carroll and co. I don't know how much longer Pete Carroll is going to be coaching, they're willing to roll the dice on a guy with a shitload of upside, but also a lot of questions. Malik Willis, I, I think, is going to be the number one quarterback drafted in this class, unless it, that rule sticks to his guns with uh, recruiting Kenny Pickett at Temple, and that apparently, I've seen that thrown out there a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I think that'd be a, a pretty exciting pick right there for Seattle to kind of jump back into another potential franchise quarterback. Ethan, I think you're assuming that the Seahawks are competent, which I oh, don't no. assume that they are. <laughs> um, so I I don't believe that I believe that they believe in Drew Locke. No, um, it can't yes. be. Um, it can't be, but it is. Uh, I believe that they're going to go Trevor Penning. Wow. Yes. Uh, the, just to be clear, this is over Trayvon Walker and uh, Charles Cross. And uh, actually, uh, Ekwonu is still on my board as well. Holy shit, that's electric. Yep. I think that they are just going to try and run the ball 40 times a game this year and lose 15 games. And I think that they Trevor Penning will help them do it. I, I honestly could see them picking Trevor Penning. I hadn't thought about it until right now. I, I definitely could see that happening if there's a, an early run on tackles. And even like then, if like Iguanu and Charles Cross are still on the board, what if they just say, fuck it? That guy was like, apparently, like, apparently some people, yeah, yeah. really mean at the senior bowl. He's got that dog in him or something like that. I don't know. Exactly, dude. But apparently, some people think Iguanu's legs are too skinny. He doesn't look like, a, you... he doesn't look like a prototypical <laughs> tackle. It's like the money. It's like Moneyball thing, dude. It's like a Moneyball thing with the quote. Oh, like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't look like a true tackle. Good lord, legs are too skinny. Good, good lord. Hmm. <laughs> 
Did we have... Oh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Moving on to number 10 here, the second pick for the New York Jets. Yeah, what is going on here? The Jets and the Giants just, like, taking all the picks in the draft. Yeah, that's right. Uh, sorry if I cut you off, but I can keep us going here. I'm going to go my second Ohio State receiver in a row. I'm going to go Chris Olave. Olave, I don't know how to say his name. Olave. Uh, so I had it right. Darn it. Um, yeah, I just – I think the Jets need a wide receiver here. Uh, maybe if they're able to get um, another wide receiver, you could have two dynamic rookie wide receivers. Um, but I think I already picked sauce for them. No, they're getting sauce. Never mind. I take that back. If you can have sauce going back back and forth in practice every day with Garrett Wilson, you're going to have two studs out there on the field. Um, the Jets really need some excitement. He can play alongside Braxton Berrios. And, uh, yeah, I really like the pick. Yeah, I, he's already off of both of your boards. This, this is Garrett Wilson's – might be his floor – to be honest with you, to me, I, I think he makes a ton of sense there to the Jets. Need another receiver just for all the reasons that Sean was talking about there with Olave. And uh, sneaky pick, don't be surprised. Maybe Sauce Gardner goes three to Houston. Garrett Wilson, four to New York. Could happen. Where are we going? I'm going to go Drake London. Yeah, similar. Similar deal. Uh, like they need, they, they know they need a receiver. I think that Lawman's coming down the pike. Moving out of the top ten here to the Washington Commanders, Washington Dinosaurs, there Washington. We, what, we cannot change the name now. Whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah, there's a number of different directions they could go here, and the direction that I personally am going to go in right now is Drake London, who has, you know, like I said, that basketball player body, great contested catch guy. Um, I think I mentioned it when somebody else was talking earlier. He murdered Notre Dame, absolutely destroyed them. Not that that's the, the bar for being a successful NFL player or anything like that, but uh, he's really good. And this is where he goes. Um, I'm going to go similar logic, but I don't have James Williams off my boards. Uh, so I need to get him off there. Uh, they could use a wide receiver as well. I don't think they'll be particularly good. I think their defense will be great. Um, but yeah, we'll go with uh, Jameson Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. Yeah, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go... I'm going to go Kyle Hamilton here. This is a tough tough one. I can see them going a lot of directions. I can see him especially going with the receiver, but uh, I think that Kyle Hamilton's slide stops here. Uh, I think he's going to – the NFL teams, I still think, are going to love him, even though he's straight line speed in the 40 wasn't who he wanted. He's a box, he's a box safety. He's a guy that can do a lot of different things. I think uh, this is where he's going to go. Yeah, I, I really thought about putting Kyle Hamilton here, too. That, that's a good pick for Washington. Number 12, Minnesota Vikings. Um, this is one that I've seen mocked a ton. 
and I'm not going to stray from it because it makes so much sense to me. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback out of LSU. Colin already touched on him with the, the Houston pick there. I, I think this makes a ton of sense. I'm going the same exact thing, Finn, here. I think it would really um, fit well to have him mentored by Patrick Peterson and uh, lock up Jamar Chase for years to come. All right, this one's a tough one for me. Uh, I don't. It's hard for me to to judge the Vikings as, a, as, an, as an in-division rival. Um, I actually don't like their new jam because he seems kind of intelligent, which is a problem. I don't want that. <laughs> um, I think they're going to go at Kwonu. I don't think that he – oh, I just still have him on my board. So yeah. I, I think that they wouldn't let him fall past here, and their offensive line is bad. So uh, I think that would be good. Get Kirk Cousins a little, little extra benefit on that O-line. Um, and he's just like – he's not going to slide any farther than, than this. Fair point right there. Second first rounder here for the Houston Texans. This was originally the Browns pick here at 13. Um, again, needs every position – I'm I'm having a dilemma right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask one of you two to go first. I'm gonna go. Or you want you want to go, Sean? I'm gonna go. I'm at the point where I'm forgetting who's on my board. Um, <laughs> so uh, I go. I, you can. Go. I I think. Yeah. I I guess still have Trayvon Walker here on my board. Who they could we thought they could take at three. Um, you took him in number one. I said. Wait, what? Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> like no, he's the first half <laughs> of your board. He's just not very good, so I forget. I'm going to go Jermaine Johnson here. I think I actually like Jermaine Johnson. A lot of the analytics guys don't like Jermaine Johnson because he like wasn't that good in college, but I think there's some extenuating circumstances there surrounding his team, his coaching. Um, and in the senior bowl, he apparently like he, – he was like lights out at the senior bowl. He's got all the athletic talent of any, any other – he can go toe-to-toe athletically with any edge rusher in this draft. Uh, athletically, and I think that that he's he's some of the Texans would look for at thirteen. Yeah, um, I'm going to go a little bit different direction. I'm going to go Jordan Davis, defensive tackle. Um, I think if they have an edge rusher here, they'd take him, but I don't think it's going to be available uh, for the picking. But that Colin moment where he made fun of me temporarily for forgetting who was on my board, and then. Uh, Forgot who was his number one pick. Reminds me, Finn, mm. uh, and for all loyal listeners. So Colin and I played golf this weekend. Uh, we played Beth Page Red on Saturday and Beth Page Black on Sunday. And we woke up. At, I woke up at four fifty. Woke up calm. We drove to the course. We teed off on Black at seven thirty in the morning. Had a great time. A lot of fun. Great track. But I had to go home to. I was mailing Brian a book. Then I had to set up my new phone. And I knew the trains were going to be pretty weird, like getting out of my house. I'm like, oh, Colin, like, you want me to drop you off at a train here so you can get back to the city because he wanted to study for his CPA. So Colin proceeds to look up trains because my phone was dead. Hence the reason I was getting a new phone because my battery lasts about 20 minutes. But anyway, I digress. So Colin, never having been really on Long Island for more than like 12 hours, is trying to look at trains. And I'm t- like, just off the top of my head spitballing, like, uh, is there a train in Farmingdale? Is there a train in Bethpage? And think of areas that are near me, and, like maybe Hicksville. So Colin goes like, oh, there are none that stop in Bethpage or Farmingdale, but there's one in Hicksville, which is like I don't know, two towns away from where we were. 
So we took the Milady Mobile, the 2003 minivan, made a 12-minute drive in 11 minutes. Colin ran up the stairs and caught the train. Wow. I'm driving on my way home and get a text from Colin that the train, in fact, stopped at Bethpage, which is where we were. <laughs> and we didn't have to do any of that. <laughs> yeah, that was unfortunate. Uh, I think I ran like a 4-2 up the steps. Colin was flying. Absolutely uh, Pers- like we always complain about guys not being able to pick up the football like on a loose ball scenario. Colin hopped out of the car, opened the trunk, which is a little shaky, grabbed his golf bag, slammed the trunk, and then made a beeline up the stairs, picked the right side, and made the train. It was a grind. But it, the, uh, the football, well, thank God, thank my family. The football IQ on this pick clearly was not very sharp. No, no. The trains will get you. They, they, they will get you. <laughs> Very funny story there. Good stuff. All right. So, this pick here for the Texans, I was going back and forth between two players. And, and Sean picking Jordan Davis there made me realize that, you know what, I, I have to actually pick who I think Houston's going to pick and not pick who I want them to pick here. Um, I'm going to go with Kyle Hamilton here, still on my board. If you're Houston at this point, you just need as many talented players as you can get. Kyle Hamilton's probably the best, most talented player or one of the most talented players left on the board. I think that makes a ton of sense here. I'm going to snake back around to Baltimore at 14, but I'm trying to avoid, but I think is an imminent reality of Jordan Davis playing for the Baltimore Ravens and making me very sad. I'm also going with Jordan Davis here. Uh, I think that he's also going to make Finn very sad. He's a very large man. He's very fast. So um, fast. He's very so fast. large. He's very fast. Yeah. Uh, which means that if Finn hates it, it's probably what the Ravens are going to do. Oh, the Ravens. That seems to be the, the general consensus of what happens with the Ravens. It is. I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to go Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Um, I do think they go tackle, but I already have another tackle off the board. And I think he's a really dynamic player that can really help this defense and uh, uh, punish Deshaun Watson for years to come. All right, moving on to 15 here, the first Philadelphia Eagles pick. Oh, this is interesting. I'm going to go Chris Olave here. It's already off of Sean's board. I know it's some may seem it's a little bit overkill to go back-to-back-to-back years of picking a wide receiver in the first round, but guess what? They still need more wide receivers. So uh, Olave and Devontae Smith's a pretty killer combo there. I like that. Um, I like the wide receiver pick too, but I already picked all the wide receivers on my board. Um... I don't like the Eagles. Oh, no, I didn't. Sorry. Uh, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Um, I think he'd be a really good fit with Jalen Hurts. Give him another weapon to play with him alongside Devonta Smith. Um, God, this is a tough one for me. Um. I'm also going to go 
Wait, someone just said Devontae Wyatt, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm also going to go Devontae Wyatt. Um, guy was a stud and the best defense in football. Um, any of these dudes from Georgia could go anywhere, and I wouldn't be overly surprised. I think that the Eagles need some help on interior, and I think that he should probably a good way to get that. Fair pick right there. Number 16 here, the New Orleans Saints. They traded for a second first-round pick this year. They grabbed one of the Eagles's, and it seemed odd at the time. It honestly still seems a little bit odd, but they clearly had a reason they wanted to get in front of somebody, that somebody being the Los Angeles Chargers. I think they want to tackle, and the best one left on the board is Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa, senior bowl riser. Sometimes people are scared of the small school guys, but he, he's been a pretty steady riser in the draft process. A lot of people like him. Uh, it's basically my way of saying I don't know a lot about him, but I think the Saints are trading up for a tackle, so there you go. I think the Saints are trading up for a quarterback fan. Ooh. I'm going to go Kenny Pickett. Drew Brees type looking guy. Um, not the biggest guy in the world, but absolutely gets it done. Dominates great football IQ. I think it would be a really good spot for him to sort of sit for a year, learn a little bit, and then potentially get in in a year or two. Yeah. Uh, this is – I could see both those. Uh, I'm actually going to go tackle as well. I'm going to go with Charles Cross because uh, Penning's off the board. Cross is still on the board. I like Cross. I think he's going to be a good player. Also a freak athlete. Uh, so I think it's I think it's a good pick for those things. Nice. 17, the Los Angeles Chargers here. I'm sure they would like one of those tackles there. A couple other options that they could go for here. I'm going to go – he's already off a couple of boards here. I'm going to go Devontae Wyatt, part of that stellar Georgia defense. Get somebody on the interior there because I know Jerry Tillery, first-round pick from a couple of years ago, hasn't worked out. I think that could be a, a solid fit there. Hold on. I'm not at all related to anything here, but uh, you mentioned picks that haven't worked out. What – can someone tell me the deal with this Kadarius Tony thing? Dude, from I don't know. Last week? What's happening? My inside sources are telling me he wants to become a rapper again. Um, Kyle, what's happening? I think it is happening. Um, yeah, you you pick a guy in the first round. It actually looks pretty good. And then he wants he demands a trade, but doesn't demand a trade. Cryptic Instagram things. And I'm hearing he wants to become a rapper. Um I don't like any of the outcomes here. Uh, not what we needed. Um, our first round picks usually commit felonies, so I guess becoming a rapper like is a step in the right direction. But hey, we're uh, we're still not keeping them and making them good. Yeah, that that's a fair thing to be concerned about. Maybe he can rap about like DeAndre Baker. What was his name? What's his Apple. rap name? What was it? Look it up. Look. I forget what it was. I don't remember. That was a part yeah. of our, our scouting process last year. As Colin played music, Young Joka. That's it. 
Yes. His two albums are Spit World and Million Dollar Jokes with a Z. Yes. Um, so where are we? Chargers. Oh, Chargers, yeah. All right. I'm going to go Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Um, would, would check out in this division for people to be hyper aware of, of their defensive backfields. Um, this guy, Trent McDuffie's a damn good player. He's very fast. I think that's going to be, that would be a good play. I like, I like him. Uh, yeah, I'll go the same. I was sort of debating, but Colin, I like the logic there. Uh, McDuffie's a solid player, and I think that really helped them in the near term. Yeah, McDuffie's a great player who I don't think will last much longer on my board here. Could see him going as high as, as 12 there to Minnesota, maybe if they have a preference over Stingley or if Stingley goes earlier. 18, the second Philadelphia Eagles first-round pick here. I think this one, unless I'm going to take one last check just to make sure I'm not missing anybody obvious. I think this one's pretty clear to me with George Karloftis, edge rusher out of Purdue, hyper-productive player. Um, another guy that I was able to watch a little bit of for a PFF game a couple years ago. Like, like I, I don't know anything about like watching film. It's not like I'm like watching these prospects, but anytime that I watch a game and I see a guy I'm like, wow, that guy actually popped off and I noticed him. That means you're doing something right. It's a very stupid way to do evaluations for this, but that's what I'm going to roll with. And uh, yeah, George Karloftis. Um, Karloftis is a great player. Um, like Olave, I still have on the board here, and uh, the Eagles, even though they've drafted receivers in the first round of the last two drafts, they still desperately need receivers. Uh, so I, I think that Olave is a good pick here. Um, if you actually want to give Jalen Hurts a shot at being productive, I'm going to go Zion Johnson, uh, offensive line in Boston College. Maybe reaching a little bit here, but you need to protect your quarterback. I already have been picking a wide receiver, so we'll go. With the lineman, that that's a good pick. Zion Zion Johnson's a very good player here. Second New Orleans Saints first round pick here at number nineteen. Uh, copy show what Sean said about Kenny Pickett. Paste here for nineteen. This is my Kenny Pickett spot. Um, I don't think they necessarily traded up in front of LA to get a quarterback, but I think if they're sitting here. I think Kenny Pickett's a very reasonable option at 19. Uh, I think that's – I actually, like, when I was first going through this, I was like, wait, did I just, like, did my phone get screwed up? Like, why is there – why is the Eagles Saints? Like, I thought – and then because I, I also – like, it's, this draft is just, like, the draft of, like, repeat teams, like, five, six picks yeah. later with the Jets and Giants and the – uh, Eagle Saints. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Jamison Williams here. Um, I think that the Saints need receivers besides Michael Thomas, who is aging and 
also having some weird cryptic battles that seem to have subsided, but you never know in this in this day and age. So I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Jameson Williams. I'm gonna get a little bit of an interesting pick here. Um, I think this is a high potential pick, and I think the Saints are probably like a year if they're going to be good, they're a year away. So why not go with a David Aba, not Abaji, scarred from the Final Four there, David. I just combined David McCormick and Oshai Abaji. I meant David Ojabo, I think. Um, Ojabo. Ojabo, whatever. Uh, the Michigan guy, if he hadn't torn his Achilles, he would have been probably much higher in this draft. Um, really like him a lot playing uh, alongside Hutchinson. And I think that in a year or two, he'll be a very, very good player. And I think the Saints have the like the ability to be patient here. Yeah, that, that's entirely reasonable right there. Number 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm a little stumped here. Well, you don't have to be stumped if you're if you're me. Who's going to be? I'm going to go with uh, Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. I mean... I don't. I personally would not take Ritter here. I don't. I'm not a huge Ritter guy this year. Um, but there's definitely no diabolical plan that I'm hatching for Willis to follow the Lions in the end of the first round. No, nobody said that. I don't know why that would even be. I don't know why anyone would accuse me of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Willis here. They need a quarterback, and I do not think he's going to follow the Lions. Unfortunately, Colin. Well, I don't know even why are you saying it to me, Sean. It's kind of offensive that you would think that I would is just lose my integrity as a mock drafter so that I could make Willis fall the lines. It's just inappropriate. It's an appropriate assumption. I mean, I don't know. I think Jared Goff's the future. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, would, I hope he's good. But... This is me going to mental warfare right now between what I think the, the Steelers might do here and then I know the Steelers maybe deviate from the norm a little bit sometimes. I think of that Terrell Edmonds pick a few years ago. And speaking of safeties, let's go Daxton Hill out of Michigan. Athletic freak. Guy that can fit in well there in Pittsburgh. A guy that I think can have a lot of success there playing next to Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary and uh, they drafted Devin Bush out of Michigan before, so maybe a Michigan connection. Who knows? New England at 21. I I don't know what the fuck they're going to do here. They, they could go so many different routes here, and all of the routes that I've imagined in my head, I'm pretty sure they're not going to do any of those. So I'm going to pick who I would probably pick at this point here because I I just have no way of guessing what the hell I think that Bill Belichick would do. I'm going to go Zion Johnson out of Boston College, fortify that offensive line. They've lost a couple of guys there. They have a pretty glaring need at guard after trading Shaq Mason. Uh, keep them local from BC down to Foxborough. I think that makes sense.
I'm going to go Daxton Hill here. Um, I think the Pats are going to value that versatility a little bit. He's a damn good player. Uh, a lot of good safeties in New Orleans, or in New England last year, last couple decades. I'm going to go Bernard Rainman, uh, offensive tackle, Central Michigan. I think that he'll be a, uh, a great fit to protect Mac Jones. And, um, yeah, that's all I'll just got here. I, I could see them picking Bernard Ryman. Math, big math guy. Shout out Bernard Ryman. Um, pick 22 here, the Green Bay Packers, the first of their two first-round picks in short order here. The world is, is, is clamoring for a receiver here for Green Bay. But we don't always do what the world thinks. Let's go Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher out of Florida State here, senior bowl riser. Last chance U alumni. Um, they lost to Darius Smith. They might have lost. Pre- I can't remember if they re-signed Preston Smith or not. But uh, definitely fortify that pass rush there in the NFC North. Uh, I'm going to go Traylon Burks here. I thought about it. Um, yeah. I personally get, like... I think there's some red flags with her with Burks, and uh, he's definitely fallen since the combine. But the Packers need a receiver. Aaron Rodgers cannot wait. He is gonna—he's uh, just gonna be Aaron. It's just gonna be one of those guys, those guys that you hate with all your heart. So, it's just an Aaron. I can see them going Burks here. Yeah, it's just in a, its just who biblical level of hatred. Just, I mean, it's casual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, everyone. Everyone has this. Seated, burning hatred for runners. I'm gonna go Christian Watson, North Dakota State. Uh, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good pick. Another wide receiver, a, a little off the map. Aaron Rodgers, a little bit off the map. Uh, I think he could be a great pick to replace Devonta Adams. I would actually rather, as a Lions fan, see them. Like I would hope that they don't pick Christian Watson. Like I would rather them pick Burks. But I actually really like Watson. He's just, like, such a freaking athletic freak. And he's, like, dominated the senior bowl. Like, nobody could touch him. So I really hope they don't. He's someone I also would like the Lions to pick at, like, 32 or 34. Yeah, a, a very intriguing name that I think may be gone by, by Cleveland's first pick. But he's a guy I would have my eye on there. So maybe to target 23 Arizona Cardinals, Trent McDuffie still on the board. No brainer. I'm going to go Jermaine Johnson, Ed Rusher, Florida. I think they could go another, get another weapon for Kyler Murray here, but once you lost Chandler Jones and Hassan Reddick, I like getting the Ed Rusher here. Yeah, I'm similar Losing Chandler Jones. I'm going George Kalapas here. He's a good fit for what they do. And I think Kalapas is a great player. Makes a lot of sense there. 24, Dallas. Ooh, I don't know. My mind. This is a tough one. Dallas loves their linemen. There's one center that should go in this first round. It's Tyler Lindenbaum from Iowa. I think they will pick him and have some, like, I don't know. 
I don't want them to have that great offensive line again, but I think they're going to try to build it. There's a player that I can just really see as a cowboy, but I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna look up their depth chart at this position real quick. Apologies for the gotcha. delay. All good. Um, I'm also not sure here. You know what? You know what? Screw it. I don't know if it's a scheme fit. I don't know if it makes zero sense. I just can really see Nakobe Dean with that star on his helmet. They draft a lot of linebackers. Maybe have Micah Parsons play a little bit more edge and have Nakobe Dean come in there. I don't know. Let's go for it. I think I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Zion Johnson. They could use a. They could use a guard. Would have been would have been my pick there, yeah. If he if he wasn't off my board already, that makes sense. Twenty five, Buffalo Bills. I'm gonna go Tyler Smith, offensive tackle, Tulsa. Uh, protect Josh Allen at all costs. Interesting player, that Tyler Smith. Red shirt sophomore coming out of Tulsa. Oh, man. Traylon Burks. Still on my board. More weapons for Josh Allen. I'm going to go Brees Hall. Um, I think this would be a dumb pick, but I could see the Bills doing it. Being like, whoa, we're an RB away. And I don't know how much they are uh, enjoying the Zach Moss down in Singletary County. You don't enjoy that? They're not very good. I do have both of them on my dynasty team. Oh, so. yes. <laughs> Colin, one of them's going to win out eventually. Don't worry. Yeah. Singletary kind of won out at the end of last year, but. Oh, yeah, that's right. By the, by the time that fantasy... Eh, no, he had a couple of good games in there. Never mind. Yeah, he, threw, he had a couple. In PPRs. Yeah. Fantasy. Titans. 26 here. Couple of different directions they could go. I'm going to go Devin Lloyd. Linebacker out of Utah. First round talent. Want to make sure I slot him in here before before we wrap it up. I'm awful with names again, but I'm going to go Arnold Ebikite. That's definitely not right. I've heard Ebiketti. That sounds a lot more American, so we'll go with that. Ar- we'll go with uh, Big Arnold, uh, Ed Rusher, Penn State. Uh, I think you really make an impact here for the Titans, who really need a. Uh, I don't know. Titans are just like a really good team that doesn't have that like wow factor or anything exciting. Uh, I think getting an edge rusher could really put them over the top. I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go Kenyon Green guard out of Texas A&M. Uh, I think that they're going to they're gonna want someone to gr- 
clear some road for Derek Henry this year. I think that uh, uh, the guards start to drop off the board here in the end of this first round. That make that makes sense to me. There, confirmed pronunciation, Ebikati is the is what that Penn, sounds is, a little better. Is what Penn State believes it is pronounced as. Um, moving on here to pick twenty seven, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's back. What are they going to do? They're going to get him a tight end. Trey McBride, Colorado State. The number one tight end in the class, Trey McBride. I'm going to go Kenyon Green, refortify the offensive line for Brady's last however many years. Who knows? Um, I don't have Devin Lloyd off the board. I think he, he's probably he might slot in here at the end of this first round to the Bucks. Checks out there. Twenty-eight, Green Bay Packers. I had them going at Jermaine Johnson with their first one here. So, don't worry anymore, guys. We're gonna pick a wide receiver, and we're gonna pick Jahan Dotson out of Penn State a guy that I've seen mocked a lot to the Lions in that 32-34 grouping there, but he's going to stay in the NFC North to play for the enemy. Uh, I'm going to go Quay Walker out of Georgia. Um, they could use linebackers. And I definitely also don't want Nicobe Dean to slide to the line in the end of the draft. In that first round. I'm going to go Devin Lloyd, linebacker Utah. Um, I just haven't taken him off the board yet, and I think he's too good to fall to the second round. Yep, makes a lot of sense there. Back-to-back Chiefs picks. A lot of things they could do here. How do you build around Patrick Mahomes? Are you going to try and build up the defense more first here? I'm going to have them going with a corner to start things off here. Let's go Andrew Booth Jr. out of Clemson. I like the pick. I want to go that pick too, but I want to be a little different here. So I'll go first. I'll go Lewis Sign, safety out of Georgia. Um just really think that he could be uh, an add to this defense, which plays like Swiss cheese at times. I am going to go with um, – I'm going to go with uh, Boy Mafia out of Georgia. Um, I think that the Chiefs could use some, some, some more burst coming off the edge. I think he looks he's, – he's about right here. Pretty funny. I, I, those are the two next guys that I considered for that pick there. So let's see if we can switch it up a little bit here for this second Chiefs first-round pick. I don't know how great I feel about taking any of these receivers here. George Pickens is under consideration, but apparently there's a lot of character concerns with him that I didn't know about. Hmm. I don't know. I'm talking about the character concerns with Micah Parsons last year. I think we have to throw that out the window. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know George personally. It could all just be complete bullshit. But I, I saw a screenshot of an article today that had like three separate scouts saying, like, yeah, this, I don't know what's happening. Could be complete bullshit though, so who knows? Um, Arnold Epicady, at rusher, Penn State. I already made my pick last pick of Finn, so Colin. Yep. I'm going to go Jahan Dotson. I think the Chiefs desperately need receivers. I don't, I don't really trust MVS and Juju to carry the load there. I think Dotson's a good uh, deep threat. And I guess uh, Nicole Hartman as well. Did you make a pick, Sean? Sorry if I missed it. Yeah, I picked. Uh, I, now the name's escaping me, but uh, whoever you picked last pick, I oh Booth, he picked Booth. Yeah. Okay. There gotcha. We go. Yeah, gotcha. Thirty-one Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum. <laughs> I think that's a slam dunk right there. Finish off you the remake of your offensive line here with the, the best center in college. Also going Linderbaum. Just makes too much sense. Can't pass up this year. Yeah. Not pass my piece here. Did I miss your pick again, Rob? I'm looking at my board to see if I missed anybody. Oh, okay. Right. Um, I'm going to go. I did. I missed Kair Elam, Florida cornerback. Um, some people have him higher, and uh, I think he should go here. Entirely fair pick. And now we've been talking about how all these teams have these first and you know they're they're two first round picks close together. Feels like they were just up, but now the Lions make you wait for it. They started at number two, coming all the way down here at number thirty-two. The pick they got in the Matt Stafford trade. Stat pad for the god himself. Colin, what are we doing? Well, somehow, I don't really know how this happened, but Malik Willis fell. Wow, so, I didn't even think yeah. about that. No way. Pretty shocking. I don't really know. I don't really know how this happened. Uh, pretty random. Uh, definitely would not have picked him anywhere else. So I think uh, I think uh, you know. It's going to be a tough one if he's still here. You know, you need to deliberate, but I think I'm going to make a little But in all seriousness, like, I mean, if, I, I understand if they don't pick him at two, if they're not fully in on him, but at 32, the upside, and by all accounts, the intangibles, I think you need to take a shot at him here if he's still here, which he might be. We tend, in the media, I think, and what we've learned in the last few years is that we tend to think more quarterbacks are going to go earlier than, than they actually do. NFL teams don't seem to be as uh, aggressively in on quarterbacks as we think they will be. Um, we all thought Fields, we were all shocked when Fields dropped as far as he did. Um, in past previous years, thought guys like I thought a guy like Mason Rudolph was gonna could go at the end of the first round. He'd go to like round four. Lamar slid to the end of the first round. I think that there's a reasonable chance that a guy like Malik is still uh, still hanging around here. If if maybe guys like Ritter and Pickett go ahead of him. 
Yeah, take pretty much everything you just said here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Desmond Ritter here, still on the board. Um, that you do have a point there about you know the media overrating quarterbacks and how early they might go, but I, I do believe that we're gonna see three quarterbacks go on night one with Ritter, Willis, and Pickett, and I wanted to stick Ritter in here at the end, and it kind of makes sense. I'm going to go Daxton Hill, safety out of Michigan. Um, I don't have a ton of logic here. I just sort of like him. So we're going to roll with that. I like it. That is our first round mock draft right here. Now, anybody still on the board that you guys think could have a, a pretty good impact in the NFL right away? I almost went to Kobe D at 32. I think he's going to be a stud. I'm going to go with Logan Hall out of Houston. Um, defensive lineman, I think he uh, is creating some late first-round buzz, but not sure if he'll break through. Yeah, I, I agree right there that Logan Hall was somebody I've heard some noise about him to Green Bay, possibly. Coming in there at the end of the first round with their second one there. I'm going to go with a guy that, again, my, my stupid logic here, I watch you once, you play well, I love you. Jalen Petrie, cornerback safety out of Baylor. Guy pops on film, can play and play slot corner for you or safety right away. Um, great athlete, good ball skills. I think he might go on day two and have a, a pretty immediate impact there. Another question here for you guys. I think we all had three quarterbacks go. Maybe Sean didn't have Ritter. I did not have Ritter. Yeah. Okay, so we had two and then three and three for the quarterbacks here. Those other two guys, and and Sean, you can touch on Ritter here maybe a little bit too while you have them going in round two. Corral and Howell, do they go in the second round? Do we think they have any chance of succeeding in the NFL and becoming a starter? How are we feeling about them? Or is there another quarterback that you think that could even come up and even have more of an impact than those that top five that we've been set into for a while? Uh, I just I'm not really a big fan of any of the guys outside the top five. I, I like Corral the most besides Willis. Um, I just think I think he's got a I think he's. A, I don't know if it's his offense. I don't know if it's that he lost some guys this year and he had a tough, tough uh, go of it a little bit at the end of the year. But Corral's got a really quick release. I think he's going to be a, a damn good quarterback at the NFL level. I think him and Willis are the guys with the best shots to be really good. Uh, I think Pickett's going to be a reasonable starter. I think Ritter's going to be a backup for a long time. And I think uh, – I'm not really, not really convinced with Sam Howell. He's got the talent, but apparently uh, the intangibles are lacking. Have you guys heard the Sam Howell intangible stuff? I have not heard the Sam Howell intangible stuff. Apparently his nickname is Sleepy Sam. Oh, no. It's not good. Yeah. Oh, no. Apparently he just doesn't he's, – he's, he's like just like just like sleepwalking around, man. Yikes. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, like, his teammates like him, but like apparently like Malik Wells, his teammates, like people would go to – Freaking war for that guy. Like he's just like an amazing person, and Sam's just like yeah, whatever. I it's okay. 
I thought you were about to say this is how the movie Draft Day is ruined my brain. I thought you were saying that, yeah, they went to Malik Willis's birthday party. Take that, Bo Callahan. Yes. Exactly. Bo Callahan. See, that's exactly post. what happened to Sam, Sam Howell. No, it was his birthday party. <laughs> All right. Exciting stuff here. Any any thoughts on the, uh, the 2022 NFL draft before things get kicked off on Thursday? I think we hit all the points, and I'll touch on the quarterback thing there. I'm hoping this is the year teams realize that when you reach for a quarterback that's just not good enough early, it just generally does not work out. Um, but teams will do it over and over. It's the most important position in the world, so uh, we'll see. Fair points all around. Very excited for this weekend. Their next show will be recapping all of the picks. Maybe throw some grades in there, see what we think our teams are shaping up to be next year. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. I mean, I know we already said it once. Where'd it go? I'll say. Go, Cats. Oh, sorry.